0: All right, you ready for the word praise God it's good to have fun in the house of God isn't so David said I rejoice when they said let us go to the house of the Lord you know why because there is fullness of joy there amen praise God so let's welcome on the pulpit our very own pastor pastor KG amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Are you well? Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's good to see you all in the church this morning. Yeah. Say to your na- say neighbor, say, neighbor, yeah. you, look you look much better in church, in church. than at home. Amen. Awesome. Let's just uh, open in prayer. Close your eyes. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity of coming together as believers, Lord. You said in your word, when two or more are gathered, you are there in the midst of them. There we know you are here, Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father God, that I'm a vessel in your hand. Use me the way you want to use me. I'm available for your service, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the word, Father God, that will go forth, Father God, will bring understanding, remove confusions, Father God. In the name of Jesus, and faith will rise, dispelling any fear in every heart. And we will give you alone the praise, the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seat. Before I get into the message, uh, let me let me observe protocol first. You know, I, I never take this opportunity very lightly. I I appreciate Pastor Abi for giving me this opportunity to come and minister the word. It's it's always a privilege and an honor for me to come and minister to to the people at Greater Works. So thank you, Pastor Abby, for allowing me the opportunity. And thank you as well for coming. Because it wouldn't have been church if you were not here. So I actually had two messages. I had two messages. When Pastor told me that I'm preaching, I had a message in mind, which is not the message that I'm going to be sharing today unfortunately, because uh, the Lord does his own thing, amen? We just follow, we just follow. How many of you guys were here last week, last week Sunday? Just by a raise of hands. Who was here Sunday? If I see you and I saw you last week and not raising your hand, Who are, just keep your hand raised. Okay, thank you, thank you (laughs) So last week uh, Teacher Jason was talking about The fourth dimension And there's something that he said That Has challenged me the whole week I don't know about you but For me I I I, wa- I-, I want the best. I want the best. I want the best in everything. I want the best. Is it affecting how I speak? Or- oh, sorry. Are you saying I have a big nose? <laughs> so th- there's a statement—not really a statement—but what he's trusting God for, which challenged me. Because I, I was like, if this man is trusting God for this, it means I'm playing. Because a, as I was busy with this message, I, I really felt in my heart that the Lord was saying, you know, um, my people are, I'm trying to find a better word, my people are, they are robbing themselves from what I paid for them. God has available everything that you need. You see, you see, God does not need a BMW. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need to drive it. God doesn't need nice clothes. God does not need money. He does not need it. God, there's nothing on this earth that God, need, uh, that God needs except us. That's the only people that he needs. So, Pastor Jason, teacher Jason said he's trusting God for a monthly, as I'm sure some of you guys remember what he said, that amount stayed with me. I even dreamed about it. <laughs> he says he's trusting God for a monthly income of the house of 250000 A month. That's somebody's annual salary. That, this man says, I'm trusting God for something like that, monthly. And when I... When I left the message on Sunday, I knew that God is able to do it. I knew God is more than able to do it. He's more than able to do it. But we are the ones who have put God in a box. We've put God in a box that, God, I, I'm only going to trust you. Just, I believe you can do it. Just, it ends there. We limit God in a way. But God is able to do it. Ephesians says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or imagine. What's higher than your imagination? What's really higher than your imagination? What can you imagine? If you can imagine it, God can do it. God can do it. That's, That's how simple it is. That, I think that's why we miss it. It's so simple. It is as easy as that. God is able to do it. And further on, I, I got his numbers, I think, but a few years back. So I've been looking at, at his statuses and things that he's posting, things that he's trusting God for. So I think la- during the week, he posted a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I nearly fell off my chair at work. (laughs) I nearly fell off my chair. Because I was looking at this, I'm like... And that's how God wants us to trust him. God has not put any limitations on us. We have put limitations on ourselves. We've put the limitations. And we've made the limitations our lifestyle. It has become a norm. But God... God does not need any of those things, child of God. He does not need them. He doesn't need to use them. He doesn't need them. What is God going to do with a car? Is he going to get inside and drive it? People will run away if they are to see a car being driven (laughs) by itself with no driver. But... This is where the message is really coming from, that, you know, God has more in store for you, child of God. He has in store for you. He's just waiting for you to ask. That's how simple it is. He's waiting for you to ask him. He has in store for you. More than you can ever imagine. More than you can ever, 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 ever. You know, there's there's instances in my life where God has shown me um, things that He's going to do in certain people's lives. And sometimes I'll shy away from telling them, because I'm like, "Hey, Lord, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen." <laughs> if it doesn't happen, there's two instances that I remember that where God showed me what He's going to do through this, this certain individual's life. All of these people are in this church. I think the first one was, from what I remember, or the first one was Monge's wife, before she got a job. I saw that already. The Lord showed me. And you know, sometimes when the Lord shows you, it's not that you should go and claim that you're a prophet now, all of these things God is showing you so that you can pray, to pray for them. I never even told her, but I just prayed with her. The second one, she's looking at me. She's looking at me, and the Lord showed me, I think it was last year. And I went to her, and I, I was like, I saw something, but I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to tell you anything. I saw something very exciting, but I'm not going to tell you. I'll pray with you. Can anybody guess who's that? Who's that? Pumzile. It was last year during prayer. What did you see? I saw a light-skinned man. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm really serious. I just saw a light-skinned man, and I was like, Lord, what's going on here? And at that time, there was no movement. There was no movement, so I was like, Lord, I'm not going to say anything here. Because, you know, this woman is trusting you. But I just prayed. The Lord showed me so I can pray. I can join together and pray with her. So God will show you things, child of God. Sometimes you don't have to go and declare them. Sometimes he shows you to pray for those people. Join your faith and pray for them. Even while I'm sitting here, he showed me something. But I'm not going to say it. (laughs) No. Let's get into the word. My time is already gone. I have about 50 pages. (laughs) I have about 50 pages to go through. My message is actually very short. Because it's a message that I've taught before. It's a message that I've taught before and I believe the Lord really wants us to act on his word. Act on his word and believe him for for the harvest that he has in store for us. Amen? So my message is faith. Wasn't that obvious? My message is faith. We're going to be talking about faith, but in a different angle. We're going to be talking about faith, but in a very different angle. Yesterday we went to Mahalis and I was teaching on faith. And while I was teaching, in that passage I just saw something differently. And I saw how faith is very vital in a Christian's life. And I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures to show you why faith is very vital in your life. The first scripture is Hebrews 11.6. I don't know if you guys can follow up with me quickly. Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. I want to read the first part. It says, But without faith, it is hard to please him. I, I don't think you heard me. It says, "Without faith, it is hard to please him." Am I? Are we reading the same Bible? What does it say then? It's impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you want to please God, you must have faith. If you want to please God, only faith. Nothing else. There's no amount of praying that will please God. Only faith. There's no, yes, praying is good. Praying has benefits in a Christian's life. But if you want to please God, it's faith. It is impossible. It didn't say it's hard. When it, when it is impossible, there's no way out. There's no other way. There's no shortcut. You see, to, to enter my house, if you want to enter my house legally, there's one way of entering my house. That is through the door. There's no other door to enter my house. So to please God, there's only one way that you enter in that is in faith. There is no other door that the Bible talks about. The second scripture is Romans 5 2. We're gonna be reading a lot of scriptures. Romans 5 2. Romans 5 verse 2. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of the uh, uh, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Through whom also we have access by faith. So we have access in Christ by faith. By faith we have access. The third scripture is Romans eleven twenty. It says, well said, because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. You see, right now I'm standing on my two legs. The Bible says, I must stand on, the same way I'm standing on my two legs, I must stand by faith like that. Stand by faith. Don't be moved. Stand by faith. Because faith has oppositions. Faith has oppositions Oppositions of faith are circumstances that you see Circumstances come to test that faith To try talk you out of the faith To try talk you out of you trusting God So stand by faith The third scripture, the fourth one is Romans 14, 23 Romans fourteen twenty-three What translation is this? Let me just let me just open mine. Oh, it's the New King James. I wonder where it says, Whatever is not of faith is sin. Oh yes, there it is, there it is. It says but he who doubt is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not, is not from faith is sin. So our lives should be, a Our every area of your life should be a lifestyle of faith. It should be a lifestyle of faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. So whatever is not done out of faith is sin. That's what the Bible says. The last scripture we're going to look at is Ephesians 6, 16. Ephesians 6, 16. I'm just going to read the, the, just the top part only. It says, above all, this is where he was talking about the armor of God. Take the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Now, he says, above all that I've mentioned. Taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith. What does the shield of faith do? With which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So if you don't have the shield of faith, I don't know if you've watched these war movies where soldiers have like a a shield. Who has ever watched a movies like that? 300 or Sparta where they have gladiator where they have a shield or if you watch Shaga maybe but that's not a shield (laughs) that's animal skin that one (laughs) so with the shield just I want you to picture it in a in a war format when Hercules is fighting and they fire um Arrows, let's say the person is on the other side, I'm on this side, they fire arrows. I'm able to stop those arrows with the shield. As long as I have the shield, I can block. I, I'm able to protect myself from the, from the attack that's coming. The devil is not fighting like little darts like that. How is the devil attacking us? The devil attacks by... Suggestions, thoughts, ideas—many you can name it. So devil, the dev, thats how the devil attacks. The devil attacks by ideas. By he can give you an idea, he can give you a thought, he can give you a suggestion. He's always suggesting. He's, who 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 has Netflix here? Who has ever watched Netflix? You see, Netflix has what we call algorithms. So what Netflix does, Netflix is able to see what you like the most. And if you watch one thing, it checks everything else that you watch that are almost related to that thing. The devil is like that. The devil works like that. If the devil knows that, yeah, one of this sin will break this brother, he's going to, somewhere, somehow, put people and things that will always put you back to that. Wow. He has put an algorithm where it's just automatic. Netflix, just by watching, you can watch Sarafina. It will suggest all South African movies. <laughs> you never told it. You never said you want to watch South African movies. It just suggests. It suggests because it sees, oh, you like this. Oh, let's suggest, let's suggest, let's suggest. That's how the devil works. He suggests. He's always suggesting. Even right now, you might be sitting there suggesting. He might be suggesting to you, like, this boy is talking nonsense. Don't listen to him. (laughs) He's always suggesting. That's why we need to be aware. We need to have the shield of faith so that we can block. The fiery darts that are coming. He's consistent with that. Doesn't play. He's always suggesting things. Suggesting one, two, three. This and this. Why don't the one, two, three. Always. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. I hope from the scriptures that I've mentioned that you see the importance of having Faith the importance of faith. Now, I'm just going to close it there. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. We still have a couple of uh, points to cover, but we need to find out. I know you know, I know you know, but there's some people whom might not know. And you can never have enough of hearing. You can never have enough of hearing. Always have an attitude of whenever you hear the word don't have uh, that mentality that I know it because you saying that you know it, it robs you it robs you because a same scripture can come out thousand different revelations from one scripture thousand For, for an example, I'm preaching the same word, there's about, I don't know, more than 50 of you here but all of you are receiving it differently. But the same word, same word. I'm not saying anything different to Tsepo or to uh, Tabo or to Pastor Tapelo. I'm saying the same thing, but they may receive it differently. So in that word, the, God takes whatever is needed for, for you, and he gives you. So before, before we go there, uh, uh, let's, let's solve this problem first. Because the biggest problem, people think that they don't have faith. Who thinks they don't have faith? Who thinks they don't have faith? Oh, you're scared of answering the, the question. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> so let's go to Romans twelve three. Romans twelve three. Romans twelve three. It says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. (laughs) So thinking highly of yourself, you're drunk. That's, That's equivalent to drinking alcohol. As God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. So God has given each one a measure of faith. Say, I am included. I am included. In the each one. In each one. So God has included you there. God has given everyone a measure of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. We, and we, we apply it mo- in most of our daily lives, but we are not aware of it. God has given us the measure, but it's our responsibility what we do with it. It's our responsibility what we do with it. You see, if I, if I had an orange seed in my hand, that orange seed cannot come out a stem while I'm holding it in my hand. The stem won't come out, leaves won't come out as long as I'm holding it in my hands. The best place for that seed is to go to the ground. That's when it produces. But in my hand, it will never produce. In my hand, it might dry up and die. In my hand, it will dry up and die. The same way, with the same level of faith that God has given you, you have to put it to work for it to grow. You have to use it for you to grow. It's like a muscle. When you go to the gym, you, you lift weights or whatever you do, you stretch your muscle. The muscle becomes stronger as you exercise. It becomes stronger, stronger and stronger and stronger. So we, we have to exercise the faith. So now, what is faith? Everybody in this church should know definitely know this, because pastor has been teaching on faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, now I want us to read it together, let's read it together. One, two, three, let's read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's two words in the first uh, part of the sentence that locates where faith is. I don't know if you've noticed them. In the beginning it says, now. Where is now? Now. Is it future? Is it past? It's present. present. It says now faith is. Where is is? Is it future or present? Present. It's present. So already the Bible is highlighting where faith is. Just from that part, we can see that faith has to be now. It can't be will be, it can't be was, it has to be now, is. It has to be now. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance is something like a a title deed. Like a title deed. Let's say Brother John here. I'm going to use Brother John because he always cracks jokes with me. Let's say Brother John here has a house in Limpopo, a mansion. Or oh, let's say he bought a piece of land in, there's this nice place in Venda where they're building big houses. What, what is the name of that place? What is the name of the place, sir? Where? Twando. Yeah, unit, unit D. Yeah, Unit D in, in Venda. They're building massive houses there. So let's say Brother John bought a piece of land in Unit D there. I'm in Gauteng. I don't know that he has a piece of land there. But however, he shows me a title deed that says he owns the land at unit D. So the title deed, I don't need. I don't need to see the land to know that he owns the land. Yeah. I don't need to see the land. Right. All I need is the title deed. Because on the title deed, it will write his name. Yeah. It will write the name, L- Land Section what belongs to Brother John. So by me seeing that title deed, it is as evident as I've seen the land, although I've not seen it. It serves as proof that the land is there. I don't know. Are you getting this? Are you getting this, child of God? So faith is always present tense, it is never future. You can't say, I will. The language of faith is now and is. Faith is present tense. Now I want us to read, let's go to Romans 10 verse 9. Because people confuse the word faith and believing. Faith, you can only get it by reading the Word of God, by hearing and reading the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, that's when you really get faith. But believing is of the mind. Is of the mind. That's why faith faith does not live in the mind. It lives in the heart. That's why in Mark eleven twenty three 23, it says, Whoever should say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. It never mentioned anything about mind. Doubt can come in your mind, but as long as doubt does not touch your heart. It does not touch where faith is. Because faith and fear and doubt, they can't live together says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So you can have doubt in your head but as long as it does not get into your heart. How do you know that doubt has entered your heart? By what you say. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I, I will know where you are in faith, by what you say, because if you say you are trusting God for, let's say for example, like Teacher Jason says, trust to God for two hundred and fifty thousand monthly. The, that's still my brain is still is still trying to connect. There was a bit of load shedding, therefore. <laughs> Amen. I, Oh, is it me alone? Is it me alone who are are stretched by that? Or you guys, it's normal for you guys. Is it normal for everyone? It's small. (laughs) Amen? So, if God... Lost my point now. Where was I? Help me, help me. Oh, the 250,000. 250,000. So God is more than able to do, to give him that. Because that's where his faith is. And he he can't say anything contrary to that. Because as soon as he says anything contrary to that, he has canceled everything that he's been believing God for. Your words will cancel that, what you've been trusting God for. That's why you have believers praying, fasting, doing all of that, praying and Making all requests, and God is looking like he's about to answer. As soon as you're done praying, you cancel that whole fasting by what you say. Just by what you say. You've canceled. You, you should have just eaten the food. <laughs> yeah, you so should have just it, it is as good as that. Because if you just change what you've been praying, imagine just one statement can cancel all those prayers. All those prayers are cancelled by what you say. So we know faith by what you say. When I was preparing this message, the Lord was like to me, "I was like, Lord, I, mean, I hardly say negative stuff. It's like your problem is that you don't say, you don't say yes much negative stuff, but you don't say positive stuff." Yes, you don't say negative, but you don't say positive either. You are quiet. Yes, you are not saying anything negative, but you are not doing anything on this side. So nothing is going to happen because you are, you are just in the middle. You are not saying anything. This is the negative, this is the positive. You are not confessing what you want to see. You are in the middle. It will just be normal, it will idle. You see, like a car, if it's not on gear, it'll just stay idling. It's all too It'll stay idle. As soon as you say what you want to see, it's like you've put it on gear one. Now the car starts moving. There's action there, it's moving. So that was my problem. And I I had to repent. I really had to repent. I'm like, Lord, you're you're right. You're right. Because I'm aware of negative, but I'm not saying anything positive. I'm not planting seeds. Because remember, when you are when you are speaking the word of God, you are planting seeds. You're planting seed. So there's no harvest to reap because I've not been planting. I've been quiet. It's like a farmer who goes and wants to reap a harvest, but they've never planted. He's not going to get anything. Are you getting something, child of God? Because God wants you to trust him. That's how it's like it's it's bubbling in in my spirit, this thing, that God really wants to give you stuff. He wants to give you. Why did Jesus pay the price then? If we're going to go die and go to heaven without receiving what he died for. What, what, what was the per- so are we saying that we'll just accept the price for, for, for sin, but we're not going to accept the price for everything else? Because Jesus did not just die for our sins only. poverty sickness all of that but believers we believe Jesus for for sins for sins are uh, we 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 know yeah i know i'm going to heaven if i do so i know i'll repent but when it comes to other things it's like Esh, lord i don't know if you actually died for that yeah I don't know, there, there, there's someone that I heard, he said when Jesus, I, I don't know if it's you from this yesterday, this, there's a statement that was said, he says when Jesus was on, was on the cross, he did not say I'm finished, he says it is finished. <laughs> <laughs> he never said I'm finished, I'm broke, I'm all done with. He said it is finished. Poverty is finished. Sickness is finished. All of those are finished, child of God. They are finished. I don't know about you, child of God. I want the best. I'm I'm really I'm tired, me. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. tired. There's a, there's a pastor who was in, I think he was doing second year Bible college here. And this man bought his wife a Range Rover Vela. Was it her birthday or what, what was going on? Anniversary. Yeah, just for fun. Why can't me and you do that? <laughs> Why can't we do that? Because the God is not different to that man than to me. He's not. The same God that he serves is the same God that I serve. Same God. Same resources. But we are accessing resources differently. Resources are all available to everyone. There's no elite in the kingdom of God. Everyone has access to all the resources of God. Everyone but there are some who looks like they're excessive more than the others. There's a clip that Pastor played last year of um, Steve, Steve Harvey. So Steve Harvey was buying land, and he was praying to God. He's like, Lord, since these people don't, don't know that they own land or they want to buy land, give me their lands as well. Because <laughs> they, they don't know that they should own land. Give me their land as well. Because they're sitting there and just watching. Give me their lens as well. So, everything is available for us, child of God. Everything, everything, everything. I wish I I could just take this thing and just... Just throw it at you so you can just feel it the way I'm feeling it in my heart. Because... God does not need all of these things, child of He does not need them. He does not. He does not need them. He, he, when God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, everything that he created was for Adam. Everything that he created was for Adam. God didn't go to Adam and say, Adam, can I please have a banana? No. <laughs> oh, Adam, can I please have some grapes? Can I please have a mango? No. Everything was for Adam. Everything was for Adam. So everything that God has been been created in this world is for us, child of God. Because if we don't benefit from them, then who? Why must the world benefit from all of these things while we don't benefit from them? You know, people have have a... as a a weird mentality about Christianity. I think that's one of the reasons I never wanted to become a Christian because in my head, Christianity, they're just poor. That's how I saw it. I saw, I'm like, being a Christian is, it's like you're going to poverty. You're going to poverty while smiling. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But, That's not that's not how it is, child of God. That's not how how it is. Jesus paid the price for me and you, He paid the full price. And all the promises that He has made available, we can access them by faith. We access them by faith. How, How do we access? What do I mean when we say we access them by faith? We take what the word of God says. You take what the word of God says about any situation. And the Lord reminded me Well, this morning. He were, and I don't know which year, but, but I was in varsity. And I wanted, there's this phone that I liked. And I wanted it. And I remember I went to, I think, Mark 11, 20, 23 or 24, one of the two. And I cut a picture of that phone. And I pasted it on my, on my door. And I asked God that day, because I didn't have money. I was in varsity. I was just getting money from my parents. And I asked God. I'm like, Lord, I want this phone. I, I just asked in faith. I believed God. I'm like, God, you go, I don't know how, but I believe you for this phone. Within a, a week or two weeks later, my mom bought me that phone. She bought me that phone. That's how simple faith is. We, you know, sometimes I myself overthink it, and there's instances where I've used it, and I, I overthink it. You overanalyze it. It is as simple as that. Jesus, when he was walking with the disciples, and he saw a fig tree, Jesus, like in, in a normal person, will think, why would you speak to a tree? Why would you speak speak to a tree? A tree does not have ears to hear you. A tree can't respond to anything that you have to say. But Jesus knew that the tree does not hear normal language, but it hears faith. It hears faith. When the words of faith are spoken, the tree has to align. It has to align. That's why when they came and passed that tree the following morning, Jesus didn't even look at the tree. To him it was done. I've never seen a tree drying up, no matter if there's no rain, drying up in 24 hours. Where have you seen a tree dry up in 24 hours? Because when he spoke the following morning it was dried up. So in that 24 hours... The tree obeyed Jesus. It obeyed the words of faith that were spoken. Are you getting this, child of God? Are you getting this? Let's not settle for less, child of God. Let's really not. Let's, let's, gi- let's, give, a, let's give it our all. You know, the kingdom of God, for, for the gospel to go as far as it should be, it requires us to be rich. Because there's no mafia that's going to finance the gospel. Never. They're not. If the money is not coming from me and you, where is it going to come from? Where is it going to come from? And humility, humility does not mean that you, you must be poor. Yes, sir. You know, people confuse humility. I used to confuse humility. They're like... Like humility, for you to be like you're humble, you must look uh, like with the lack of a better example, like, like you just came out of a, a, a hole, you're full of dust. Like, that's how you must look for you to be humble. That's a lie, it's a lie from the devil. Hum- a humble person is a person who knows who they are in Christ. He's not a person who says, I'm not going to have this, I'm not going to have this because I want to look holy. I'm not going to have this. I'm not. No. If you're not going to have it, who must have it? Who must have it? I'm telling God, I'm like, God I Mean, I'm ready. I want this. I'm ready. Give me the millions. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because yeah, we, we don't have time, child of God. Jesus is about to come back. He's coming back very soon. Anytime he's coming back. And there's a lot of people that have never heard the gospel. Because there's no resources to, to, to take the gospel there. Because Christians, I don't know whether they have money or they don't have money. Just to raise an offering of a thousand, we can be here for two hours. <laughs> but go, go to the mosque. Go to the mosque. Go to the mosque. The mosque, as soon as there's money there by the door. If you just say, yeah, you know, we, we need about uh, 50,000, one will just say, no, oh, I will settle Christians is like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> even when they have it, Even whenever yes, even, is, even when they have it, it's like it's a it's a it's a struggle. Like you don't you don't wanna give it. <laughs> you are you are holding on to it, like you are holding on to it. Pastor Theo calls them a miser. He says it's a miser. Is it a miser? Not a miser? What's the other word? I forgot the word. But don't hold on to those things. And the, the main purpose of you getting blessed is for the advancement of the kingdom. That's the whole purpose. There's a, there's a pastor who bought a Rolls Royce, and he met this his his fellow church his fellow uh, sheep at a garage. So he was pouring petrol. So they met there. So the 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 child of the house was feeling sorry for the pastor, and he was saying, you know, my father, is like me telling pastor, pastor is driving a Rolls Royce, we meet at the garage there, he's pouring petrol, and I'm, I'm coming with my little Suzuki there, we are coming, we are pouring, and I'm like, man of God, you don't know what people are saying about you out there. They say you drive a Rolls Royce, and Lord Jesus used the donkey. How could you drive a Rolls Royce when the Lord drove a donkey? who are you to drive a Rolls Royce? Well, my Lord was in a donkey. And the pastor looked at him and he said, he told him, he says, how many sinners drive Rolls Royce? And he's like, countless of them. He's like, what are the probability that that sinner will listen to you share the gospel in a Suzuki than me in a Rolls Royce? What are, the, what are the probability? Because it, how do I tell a man who the Rolls Royce day, and I'm like, you know, you, you need Jesus. <laughs> He's going to look at me like, you need Jesus. <laughs> He's going to be, a, uh, let me pray for you. Because it looks like you are praying, but I'm getting all the blessing. <laughs> Your prayers are working for me, because now... I'm driving all of that. I'm not trying to mock anyone, child of God, but I'm just trying to show us that there is more. There is really more. There is more than what we see. There is more, child of God. There is more. Trust in God for more. Because if you have more, the gospel benefits. The gospel, the, the gospel can't afford you to be poor. Yes, it can't afford you to... Because if you are poor, the gospel stops. Yeah. It stops. If If people in this church stop tithing, yeah. next week there will be a lock at the door there. Yeah. The church will be locked. There will be no lights in this church. So the kingdom of God... God wants to partner with you to advance His kingdom. But you have to be willing. We have to change our minds. We have to change the way we think. Let's, let's think big, child of God. Let's dream big. Let's really dream big, child of God. There, there is no scripture that says you can't, you can't have what you, you cannot have that thing. There's no scripture that says you cannot have it. God wants you to have it. God wants you to have the best. I want to live in the best. I want to live in the best. I want to sleep in Egyptian cotton. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why Like when a Christian says that, they're like, oh, I'm full of pride, that one full of pride. But there's sinners who are sleeping in them every day. So it's okay for a sinner to do that. For me, I must be poor. Yeah, I must be humble. Yeah, I must be humble. As soon as I say that, people will be praying for me, say, yeah, Pastor Keiji needs to, let's fast for him. He needs to be more humble. Let's fast for humility there. I'm not even done with Uh, A whole lot of that I had to say, but that is just what I have in my heart, child of God, that let's, let's stretch forth. Let's really stretch forth. Let's partner with God to advance his kingdom. Because God is depending on me and you. He's depending on me and you. God has the resources. He's just waiting for you. Mr. Kiwan is waiting for you. Those millions are waiting. Is it man? and not him alone? All of us. Why not? Why all of us? All of us. All of us. All of us. You know, I, my first job was in the bank. I worked in the bank for almost three years, and when I worked there. You get exposed You get to see uh, Bank accounts Like when people come You get to see And Obviously You have customers I knew customers That were Christians I knew customers That were sinners And When when, when a a sinner comes And comes to bank there (coughs) You You can't even It's like It's like a book in the Bible, the zeros There are just many zeros like this Why should they have that And us not have it Why, 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 why should they have it And we don't have it Because they they are not putting it to good use They are not putting it to good use We can put it to good use The kingdom of God can expand, can grow with our finances, child of God. When we have bigger homes, we are able to avail space for people. We are able to be hospitable. Don't have that mind that God doesn't want you to have those stuff. He wants you to have them for the kingdom. He wants you to have them for the kingdom, for his kingdom. Because he knows they will benefit his kingdom. When you have child of God, the kingdom of God benefits. That's what I want you to to leave you with. That when you have, when you lack, it's like the kingdom of God is lacking. But the resources are available. They are available. But God can't Force himself He is working through you He wants to work through you So let's avail ourselves Child of God Let's let's avail ourselves And say God I'm more than willing Let's stretch ourselves Stretch yourself Believe God like you've never believed before Believe God like you've never, never, ever, ever believed God before. What's stopping you? Well, that's what's really stopping you? There's nothing. Take the word of God. Look at the promise of God in the word of God. And hold on to that promise. Like a pit bull. Have you, have you ever seen a pit bull? A pit bull, once it holds on, it locks. You can hit it with anything, but it holds on. Let's hold on to the word of God like that until we see the results in our lives, child of God. Now with every head bowed, every eye closed.